You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. This morning, we hear God's Word proclaimed to us from Psalm 21. We'll read two related passages, one from the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah, and then from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 12. We turn first then to Isaiah 65, and we begin reading at verse 17. Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight, and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years, who dies at a hundred, will be thought a mere youth. He who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. They will not toil in vain or bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer, While there is still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. But dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Now, Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. Continue to hear the word of God in our text, Psalm 121, which is a song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, today, the last day of the year, we lift up our eyes heavenward as the year of our Lord 2006 passes into history and the new year 2007 dawns. We lift up our eyes to our Maker as we look both behind us and before us. We lift our eyes to Jesus, who is, who was, and who is coming. In this past year, you've experienced both joy and sorrow. We've experienced good times and bad times as persons, as families, as churches. Sometimes we could run with energy and vigor and joy. Other times we trudged along under the load of heavy burdens. In many cases we enjoyed health and peace, but often we were confronted with the brokenness and pain, even death, that results from our fallen condition in this fallen world. Yet all of us, whatever we've experienced in the past year and whatever we're anticipating in the new one, have a question to answer. Where does my help come from? That's the question that is put to us in Psalm 121. Psalm 121 is, as we read, one of the songs of ascents. Songs of ascents are Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, 15 psalms. And these psalms, the people of Israel would sing as they made their pilgrimages to Jerusalem. Their annual pilgrimages for the annual festivals that happened throughout the year. And this particular psalm is in the form of a conversation. It may very well have been sung antiphonally, responsively. In other words, one group singing the verses 1 and 2, another group answering with the verses 3 through 8. Singing antiphonally is very responsively, is a very covenantal, biblical way of singing. You can imagine how as they traveled toward Jerusalem, the, the Israelites from all the different tribes, from all the different regions in Israel, as they met one another, 
on the roads leading up to Jerusalem would sing the song to each other. It was like a conversation and song, one tribe singing to the other, one family singing with another, and another family responding. As they began their long journey toward Jerusalem, they would lift up their eyes to the hills around them. And they would ask, where does my help come from? That was a question that was very much on their minds. Dangers on the road were many. They didn't have climate-controlled vehicles like we do with, with OnStar or cell phones. Threats of marauders who hid in the forests to attack travelers was always lurking. There was dread of fierce animals, venomous snakes, poisonous insects, which always kept the travelers on the alert, on the ready. Then there were the dangers of tripping on a stone or slipping down a cliff especially for the little ones or the elderly ones, the little ones who were daring and the elderly ones with their poor vision. As they traveled through unfamiliar passes that were difficult to navigate. Then there was the oppressive heat of the day sometimes, which raised the risk of sunstroke and the shining of the moon at night which was believed to cause high fever and other distressing ailments. So the pilgrims, as they headed towards Jerusalem, had every reason to ask, where does my help come from? The Lord gave them this song as an answer. The Lord gave them this song to encourage them on their pilgrimages. Now what would the Israelites mean when they sang, I lift up my eyes to the hills? Well, they would probably be thinking about the hills of Jerusalem. The hills surrounding Jerusalem, when they would see them, then they knew that they were close. That's where they were headed. Their eyes would always be looking in the direction of Jerusalem just as you might be traveling to another city and be looking for the skyline of that city or landmarks along the way. Their eyes would always be looking in the direction of Jerusalem and they would long for the moment when they would finally see the familiar hills that surrounded Jerusalem breaking onto the horizon. But you can imagine, brothers and sisters, that as the Israelites traveled toward Jerusalem on foot, some from hundreds of kilometers away, they had a lot of time to take in the scenery. I guess that's one advantage of walking instead of driving 100 kilometers an hour. Lots of time to take in the scenery. Well, as they looked around, what would they see? While their eyes would not only be peeled for the hills of Jerusalem, as they trudged along, they would also look up and survey the other hills along the way. Now what would the pilgrims see on those hills? Well, they would see many high places of pagan gods. Remember that in the promised land in Canaan, the Israelites were in in the middle of pagan people. 
Their pagan neighbors believed that the hills were the dwellings of the gods. That's where they would go to worship their gods, to the hills. To the hills they would lift up their eyes to the high places to seek the help from Baal and Ashtaroth, Chemosh and Molech. They set up their shrines. They planted groves of trees on these hills around temples of these gods. They even had male and female prostitutes stationed there on the hills. So on on their way to Jerusalem, the Israelites would pass over at least near these hills. They would see a, a shrine of Baal on on this hill. They would observe an Asherah pole on that one over there. They would pass by another where they could see male and female prostitutes beckoning them at the entrance of yet another pagan shrine. Where are you headed? The Canaanites would ask them. Oh, to Jerusalem? Why go all the way there? Come to a hill closer by. We've got sun priests if you're afraid of sunstroke. We've got moon priestesses if the moon scares you. Don't go all the way to Jerusalem. It's too dangerous. Tell us what you need. We'll help you. But the Lord put this song in their mouths as their answer. Their eyes were on Jerusalem's hills. They would not be seduced or sidetracked by sideshow gods. As they passed by the the high places of Baal, the Asherah poles, and the altars of Molech, where children were sacrificed, the Israelites knew how poor their pagan neighbors were. After all, their gods were only living on the hills, but their God was the maker of them. He was the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Also, these hills. The Canaanites believed that their gods sometimes needed to have naps. Sometimes their gods would go on on journeys. Sometimes they would sleep. So in order to awaken their gods, the Canaanites foolishly believed that they had to dance and sing and make a lot of noise. They would even become frantic. They would slash themselves until their blood flowed, as we know from First Kings. Oh, Baal, answer us, they would cry, but no one would hear them. No one would listen and no one would answer. But the Israelite knew that the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth, He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never takes a nap. He doesn't even grow tired or weary. The gods of the Canaanites had eyes, but they couldn't see. They had ears, but they couldn't hear. It was hopeless to try to get attention from their gods, for they were only objects of man's creation. But the eyes of the Lord are always on those who fear Him, and His ear is ever attentive to their cry. Psalm 33. The pagans who worshipped on the hills believed that they had to consult the gods of the sun and the moon 
through the priests and priestesses of the sun and moon. But the Israelites knew that the Lord their God, the maker of heaven and earth, was also the maker of the sun and the moon and the stars as we sang. The Lord God of Israel who created the sun, was He not also the one who was able to offer protection from its heat? The Lord God who created the moon, was He not also the one who could ward off its harmful influences? He who created man and beast, was He not also the one who is sovereign over the venomous snake and the prowling robber? He who forms the feet of babies in the womb, is He not also the one who braces them with strength to negotiate the loose rocks and stones that lie on the often treacherous paths? to steer them clear of the cliffs. Yes, as they sang this song, the Israelites were headed to Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters were headed to the new Jerusalem. And God has placed this song in our mouths too. As we make our way up there to the new Jerusalem, also in the year of our Lord 2007, as we make few more steps towards the New Jerusalem, we have a lot in common with the Israelites who sang this song. Many dangers lurk around us. As in the past year, we will be subject to the threats of disease and death, trial and temptation, tragedy and natural disaster. But we also have this in common with the Israelites, the false gods of society Offer us their help. They're so willing to help us. These gods seem to be highly accessible. We pass through or near the shrines of our society's gods every day. And their priests and priestesses beckon us to enter and worship there. The gods of entertainment and sports. The gods of technology and finance. Gods of wealth and health. The goddesses of lust, luck, and leisure. We too then need to ask ourselves this question as we lift up our eyes, as we see this pantheon of gods and goddesses that surrounds us. Where does my help come from? To whom will I look in 2007? And in this song, we give resounding answer. The Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. My eyes look to Him. My help comes from Him. He is the one who watches over us body and soul without sleeping, without getting distracted. He is the one who unleashes hail storms and flood waters. He is the one who lets loose tsunamis and sends earthquakes. He is the one who is in control of the climate. He is the one who maneuvers the economy and adjusts the dollar. 
Our God, the Maker of heaven and earth, gives life and He takes it away. He brings illness and He heals. So we may go forward with the same confidence as the Israelites. We may sing to one another, to our spouses, to our children, to our parents, to to other families, to one another as churches. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. This coming and going mentioned in verse 8 refers to coming to Jerusalem and then going back home again. And there was a special assurance for the Israelites who worshipped the God of Israel. By coming to Jerusalem, they showed their faith in the Lord God who had chosen Jerusalem as His dwelling place. And a special blessing was conferred on the Israelites who instead of going to a hill nearby to worship a foreign god, made the trek to Jerusalem to worship the one true God, the Maker of heaven and earth. If they had gone to the hills of the pagan gods to seek their help and to worship them, then they wouldn't be able to return home again with the promise that the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth, would watch over their coming and going. Gods of the hills were powerless. They couldn't offer such promises Well, they could, but they couldn't keep them. But those who came to Jerusalem knew that the Lord God who dwelled in Jerusalem would watch over them not only as long as they were worshiping Him there, but also as they returned home, as they took the the roads back to their hometowns. For God would watch over them both for now and forevermore. When the Israelites sang to each other in verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm, did he mean to say that those whose help is in the Lord will never come into contact with harm? No, of course not. Singing this song which the Lord had given them didn't make the sun grow less scorching. It didn't even mean that they would never suffer sunstroke. Singing this song also didn't guarantee that the dangers on the road would become fewer. The Lord didn't promise His people an easy road to travel. He didn't promise that there would never be sickness and that there would never be death. The word keep in verse 7 means protect. It means guard. The Israelites knew very well they would still have difficulties on their journeys and in their lives. Why the Lord didn't even promise His people that they would survive all the difficulties that they went through. Surely there would have been Israelites who sang this pilgrim's song and yet died of sunstroke or fever or fell to their death on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem. But with this song, the Lord gave them the assurance that they wouldn't have to go it alone through all these trials, tragedies, and difficulties of life. And they knew the promise of the Lord that even in death, the Lord is with His saints. What the Lord promises with the words of Psalm 121, 
promise that He gave to Israel and the promise that He gives to the church is this. In the words of Isaiah 43, verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. In other words, whatever trials and tragedies, sorrows and difficulties, sicknesses and conditions we may have to pass through, even death, we know the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth, will be with us. He will not only be your shade, brothers and sisters, He will be your shade, as the psalm says, at your right hand. That is, He'll be right there beside you through it all. He'll be at your side like your shadow. Just as your shadow can never be separated from you, it's always there. You can always see it. So God will never separate Himself from you if you believe in Him as your helper. If you make this song your song of trust. Remember Jesus' promise to you, brothers and sisters, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we lift up our eyes to Jesus today. His Father is the Maker of heaven and earth. And everything has been made through Jesus, the Word. Now, with all authority in His hands, Jesus ensures that all is well. Remember, brothers and sisters, that our Lord Jesus too lifted His eyes to the hills of Jerusalem. Remember how our Lord Jesus, as we're told in the Gospel, pressed towards Jerusalem. What? Why was He pressing toward Jerusalem? Because there He would lay down His life for His people, for you, for me. Yes, brothers and sisters, it was on these same hills of Jerusalem spoken about in Psalm 121. It was on the hills of Jerusalem that our Savior died on the cross and was buried. That is where on the hills of Jerusalem, that is where He shouldered all our sins. That is where He took upon Himself all our grief and sorrow of all the tragedies and disappointments in our lives past, present, and future. And yes, brothers and sisters, it was on the hills of Jerusalem where He was last seen. Having arisen from the dead, it was on the hills of Jerusalem that He ascended to God's right hand. 
So we lift up our eyes to Him, awaiting His return upon the clouds. He's taken the road ahead of us to the new Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. In fact, He's preparing for our arrival in the new heavens and the new earth that He is making with His Father. Having traveled that road, He, if anyone, knows how difficult it can be. He sees us, sees you, making the journey, sometimes running energetically and with joy, other times trudging along heavily with a heart full of sorrow. Through good times and tough, He keeps His loving eye and His gentle hand upon you. He, the Lord Jesus, never slumbers, never sleeps. He's always alert, always living to make intercession for you before His Father's throne. And then, brothers and sisters, when we despair even of life itself, He draws our attention to Himself again and says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. That's His promise, brothers and sisters. That's the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Head. That's His promise until our eyes finally rest on the holy city. The city with foundations whose architect and builder is God Himself. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.